Grichik, one of those Cub killers. I think he bats 248 for his career, but 301 against the Cubs. So Cubs fans not so excited to see him. Kind of guys like Cervelli and Aquino, Yadi Molina, not Hall of Fame guys, but you know guys who are Hall of Famers against the Cubs. Deep in the left center field. Wise back, back. Makes the catch! What a play! Wade Wise makes the catch! What a play by Wise! Mercy! This is the Shoeless Goat Podcast. Brent Brown drops the ball! He drops the ball! Three runs will score! You gotta be paping me! What in the hell are you doing? Hello and welcome back to the Shoeless Goat Podcast. We're a Cubs, White Sox, and MLB podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and as you saw and just heard on live television, Yadi Molina's not a Hall of Famer. We're saying it at the top of the episode. But I am joined again by the mayor of Section 509, Mr. Sweep or Go Home, Patrick Bovard. Pat, how are we feeling today? Well, ask me in about an hour. It's probably the, the best way I can describe how I feel this week is probably ask me between the hours of 10 and 11 p.m. Central each of the next three days. That's fair. As we're recording, currently the White Sox have a three to one lead in the seventh inning after a uh, fortuitous sixth inning. We'll see if they can hold on. Pat, this is the most important series of the season Sweeping means you're down one, but technically two because they have lost the tiebreaker to the Guardians. Not correct. Uh, if they sweep, they get the tiebreaker. They get the tiebreaker. So it's, okay. Yeah, the sweep is that much more important. Okay. Okay. So that makes more sense then. So the sweep, that's why everyone is calling yep. this the sweeper bus because it, it at least puts it in hand. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Because otherwise, you're, you win two out of three, you're three back without the tiebreaker. So you're four back with two weeks to play. And six of those games Cleveland has are against the Royals. So don't like our chances in any other situation but that. If only the Naylor game didn't happen. It's, there's, I mean, there's a handful of games I could do that, but that one especially hurts badly. Now, one, it's against Cleveland. Two, the fact that we were there, that also uh, is a little bit of twist of the knife. Absolutely. So give me your thoughts on this upcoming series. This, by the way, everyone, this is going to be a different kind of episode. We're, again, going to focus more on Sox. But of course, for those, we probably have some new listeners too, because the uh, Marquee Sports Network was kind enough to plug the pod and uh, Sports Ooh. on Tap Chicago uh, on live television. So welcome, everyone. Uh, we're going to talk about that experience as well uh, as we go forward. But Pat, I just want to get a, a brief update on how we got to this point in the Sox season as of the last week and a half or two, as well as, yeah, I saw you shaking your head, like how we got here. Well, <laughs> through, the season, the season. It is one way. The last week or two is a different, completely different story, but. Absolutely. And then, uh, then, then we'll talk more about that really cool experience that I had uh, working with Marquis calling an inning of Cubs baseball, truly one of the craziest things I've ever done in my life. So let's, let's get going here, Pat. What do you got? Yep. Yeah, so the last couple of weeks have actually been really good. The only problem has been that Cleveland has been a little bit better. Uh, you've kind of expected them to start falling off at some point, and it just hasn't happened. But 
I mean, looking at the White Sox in a vacuum, they've played very well the last two weeks, pretty much since Miguel Cairo took over. And when Tony's coming back, we don't know. I can't imagine it's going to be this season because they're not going to plug him. Like, let's say they sweep this. Are they going to plug in Tony with a, with heart issues a week before the, the, the season's over? Like, that doesn't make sense. So, uh, in any event, two weeks ago, uh, you know, you had a very successful West Coast road trip, which is something you can very rarely say about the Chicago White Sox. You went into Seattle, one of the top teams in baseball at the time, at least one of the hottest. And you took two out of three with a huge start from Lance Lynn and a comeback win when you were down 4-0 against Luis Castillo to bookend that, that series. Absolutely huge against a team like the Mariners in a series I did not expect to get more than one game out of. And then you went to Oakland. You won three out of four, had a couple of huge offensive games and probably one of the games of the year. Uh, one you were trailing by three runs going into the ninth and were no hit through six. And you have one out in the ninth and you score five runs and win the game thanks to the Elvis Andrews revenge game winning double. Really not a lot to hate about that week. Again, Cleveland has just been a little bit better. That went into this past week as well where you split against Colorado. Not a great offensive series and you lost Dylan's cease to start, but you know you split that. What are you going to do? Uh, you then kind of one of the most important games of the season went into Cleveland, a one-off game, a rain delay makeup from a few weeks back. And you took it to him. I think it was an eight, nothing win five home runs by the white Sox. I believe Grandall, Vaughn, Aloy. Uh, and I know two others hit home runs in that game, but basically you had Lance Lynn going against a guy they brought up from triple a with a 21 ERA who actually gave up all those runs and still has an 18 ERA, which lowered it. Um, but you know, you were able to kind of make a statement when what kind of statement you can make against a triple A pitcher uh, in a game Cleveland, at least somewhat clearly punted. I don't know, but it's better than not making any statement at all or scratching out a one nothing win. Um, and then wrapping up the week, you went to Detroit uh, series at home. Best of three. The Sox took two out of three after losing the hobo opener three to two in 10. Uh, rough game there where you had Robert on second in the 10th. Nobody out, obviously. And you struck out all three times. Uh and then Detroit won it in the 10th. Um, the next day you won an extras. And then finally on Sunday, you had a huge game, 11 to five, uh, pretty much a bullpen day with Kopech on the IL. Uh, but the exclamation point there was uh, Andrew Vaughn's game winning or not game winning, but kind of breaking a wide open grand slam. So all in all, you know, you've won nine games. And I believe, let me add it up, nine and four the last two weeks, pretty good baseball, five over 500, which is where they stand barring the results of this Cleveland game. But at this point, I, they don't technically control their own destiny, but you have three games against Cleveland. You win all three. You're a game back with the tiebreaker. You got Cease on the mound tonight who pitched pretty well. You got Lynn tomorrow, and you got Johnny Cueto versus Shane Bieber on Thursday. And God damn it, the Guardians just fucking scored and have the bases loaded with one out. Uh, okay, my tone may shift very rapid, rapidly during this episode, but before that happened, things were looking pretty good. Uh, it's just, it's been a weird season. They've, they're actually better in the second half this year than they were last year in terms of winning percentage, which is wild. But here we are pretty much the three games here decide the season. Why do you think the Guardians phoned in that game when they probably could have put the coffin in the White Sox season? I, I think it was partially lining up the rotation uh, to, you know, better match up with the, the Sox. Now, obviously they got some of their big three with uh, McKenzie and uh, Bieber in this one. Um, but I don't, I, I didn't get that. Uh, you could have thrown McKenzie in that game, which you, you like to your point, you win one of those four games against the White Sox and it's, it's virtually over. I, I mean, I guess, you know, you trust what Terry Francona is going to do. Cause he's kind of earned that in his career, but 
I don't know if maybe they were just, they had a five game series against the twins. The only logical thing I can think of is they were trying to win three to four of those games and they figured they could take the white Sox at home on the road the next week. I mean, and to be fair, they've had really good results against the white Sox at home, including that six run comeback in the ninth inning uh, back in May. So I don't know, maybe it'll work out for them, but it does seem kind of strange. Yeah. I'm still putting Terry Francona as, the most likely AL manager of the year. That's going to be oh, my guess. If they oh, win they the win division, division that, it's easy. That's an absolute runaway. Yep. Um, so I'm going to defer to his judgment, but also I'm going to question it. If it doesn't work out, it's one of those things where we're waiting for the result before we decide if it was a good move or not. I don't see the strategic advantage as of right now, because it hasn't manifested itself as working. Uh, but who knows? I, I guess if they win one of these games because of the pitching matchup that they set up although they threw Savale tonight who has had a, yep. a not not great season against Dylan Cease but maybe the next two matchups favor them a little bit better but also Terry Francona is no um stranger to throwing guys on short rest as we saw in the World Series where he threw Shane Bieber three times yep. in seven games so I honestly think that he took a gamble and said, I think we could beat these guys no matter who we throw out there. And then quickly saw in the first couple innings, that wasn't the case. And then decided to just basically let them wear it. Oh yeah. And he certainly did that. It was very ugly, but I mean, at that point you're throwing that guy out there. You're going down with the ship at that point. It wouldn't make sense to burn the bullpen in that game. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. It's hard to say uh, as I turn around and, and check the White Sox score and everything like that. Uh, but do you think they have what it takes to sweep? And if they sweep, do you think that the Sox have basically clinched the division without actually passing the Guardians? I, I don't. So I the first question, yeah, I think they have it in them. I think they've kind of shown it the last couple of weeks. I mean, it might be a little, it's a little bit too little too late to quote JoJo, but uh, they've started hit driving the ball. Their pitching has been really good. I, the talent is there and they have their three best starting pitchers going. So I think it's certainly possible. Um, it's going to come down to how well the offense hits, which has not been great tonight, um, especially with a really good Dylan C start. But I, I, it's, it, I, it, they haven't done it against Cleveland all year in a three game stretch. So I, I don't know. Um, I don't also, the, that's the harder thing too. They do, they do the sweep. Um, then what happens? Cleveland closes the year with six against Kansas city and we get uh, Minnesota sandwiching a series in San Diego. It's going to be tough, but I like our chances of outplaying them by one game, especially if they're reeling after this sweep. I don't know who Cleveland plays this weekend, but we go right into Detroit again, which is a really nice way to segue out of this. Maybe next week, Minnesota's dead. Uh, I don't know. I would say I would be putting it at better than a coin flip. The Sox win the division if they sweep here, but that's the hard part. Yeah, the well, that's the thing. If you looked at it, the strength of schedule at the halfway point of the season, or at least past the All Star break, you'd say White Sox have this just based on strength of schedule. Yep. Now we don't have the luxury of saying that strength of schedule is on their side because it was kind of backloaded. You know, there's like talent towards the back of it. And the Padres need the wins more than yep. anybody as well. So uh, they're not going to let the White Sox beat them if if, if at all possible. Uh, I guess between those two teams, that's probably going to be a series where both of them need to win all three, no matter yep. what is going on. Um, and I don't know that. Well, obviously it can't happen for both of them. So it's going to be, <laughs> <If only. laughs> yeah. so three it's definitely going to be, be a, who wants it more. 
Uh, so we'll see how it plays out for the White Sox as the game has just been tied. I'm glad, you know, I got to say though, this is like great live reaction. (laughs) It is. Either either the Sox come back and win after this has been tied three to three, or we're just going to have like the, the live meltdown on recording ready to go. If neither, if Naylor hits a home run here to end it, I'm going to go nuts on the recording, but I really don't want that to happen. Um, so I have, I have the TV on mute, but I think I'll know. And, it, and we're also on delays from each other in regards to yeah. what we can see. So I think I'm a Shout little out. bit ahead of. I'm a little bit yeah, ahead. YouTube of you. TV gets me a little bit of a little bit of a lag there. See, I'm using YouTube TV as well. Huh. So <laughs> maybe it's maybe. the iPad then. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, so if I see something crazy, I'll try to just wait for your natural reaction <laughs> to things. Yep. Any last thoughts on the Sox before we move on to just the most wild experience of my life? I I don't know. I mean, at this point, they are what they are. And I think at least the thing I'm going to take solace in this year is regardless of what happens down the stretch here, they did it to themselves. If they make the playoffs, they're going to go in as one of the hottest teams in baseball, something they didn't do last year. And if they miss it, it's their own damn fault. So I don't know. The only probably real positive to take out of this year is that Miguel Cairo, at least in a small sample size, please for the God. You got him. He's going. He's going. (laughs) Oh, got him. Oh, there we gonna, go. They're gonna they're gonna overturn this. That he's safe. Didn't they already so. use their challenge? Um. Yes. We but use their challenge on a steal they, second. They might crew chief it. We'll see. No, uh, I don't. I don't like that. Anyway, for those who are not watching while a replay of the game, while oh god, he's safe. Uh, while the recording is occurring, there's a grounder into the hole. Andrews went home with it from a, a runner running from second. And uh, it looks they called him out of the plate, but he looks to be safe at home. I don't know if the challenge, though. Yeah, so we'll see. Neither of us have the sound on. So, again, impossible to tell what's happening. Live reaction. Love it. Uh, Here on Shields Go Podcast. In any event, like I just said, if whatever happens here, the Sox did it to themselves. So I think that's it. The only, like I said, the only positive, Miguel Cairo looks like he can be a major league manager, which is kind of nice. Outside of that, I don't really know how much you take out of the season other than Dylan Cease, but again, ask me in two days how I'm feeling. Wonderful. I will be sure to do that. So let's move on. So Cubs obviously have been mathematically eliminated, but that does not mean the fun had to stop. Uh, as I've mentioned before on the show, I had won a charity auction, and now everybody I've ever met has been texting me, asking me how much I paid for it, and I will not say. <laughs> <laughs> But in any case, Marquee Sportsnet gave me the gold platinum treatment, if you'd like to call it, when in regards to making it feel like the most wild and bizarre day of all time. They had given me the bottom of the fourth inning to call play-by-play, and they decided to add in the top of the inning just to hang out with J.D. and Beth Mullins, who are two of the coolest people I've ever met in my life, quite frankly. So the day started, I had to get there at about 10 a.m., because they had to film me walking in and around the park in slow motion. <laughs> it was it was wild. Then we go up to the front by the marquee, and they had the guy controlling the sign to say, welcome Nick Anton on the marquee, while I stood in front of there. Um, homeless people continued to ask me for money while the camera guy was <laughs> moving backwards and forwards. It was incredible. That That was the best... Most interesting interaction for sure to start. 
So finally, uh, then they, we bring the fam, parents, girlfriend into the booth, took pictures. My dad was geeking out, asking Jim Deshays all these kinds of questions as Pat raises his fist in solidarity for the lack of challenge that the Pre- Guardians yep, had. Yep, chief is Athan. Anyways, please continue. I'd hate to interrupt. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, as we're walking my folks out, Pat Hughes walks by my dad and he just used Pat Hughes' voice saying, beautiful day for baseball, isn't it? My dad just, <laughs> you know, my dad just lost it. So that was, that was very cool. So then I, I have to wait in the booth until the top of the fourth. And the Rockies put up four in like the first inning. Javier Assad looked terrible. So it was going to be a bullpen game. Um, and then I had this stats guy next to me that was not the actual stats guy. But he kept like trying to like talk to me while I was just kind of like in the zone. <laughs> so the stats guy, um, it's my turn to go down there in like the in the fourth. And he with 10 seconds left, you have the producers in your ear saying 10 seconds, you're going to read the score and then you're going to, you know, you're going to read the score. And then you're going to do this, do this ad read for them. And he's he walks right next to me and goes, hey, just so you know, and before he could say anything else, he basically gets the hook by like the other producer to like (laughs) stop talking to me. I already have someone talking to me in my ear and I have to talk on live television in like (laughs) 10 seconds or less. So the first half of the inning was them asking about me um, and I'm going to end up posting the whole video. So anybody who really wants to watch it can ask about me. They asked about the podcast, which was awesome. um, And just, you know, the opportunity and any experience I have. Then they asked me who my favorite cub was, which is obviously Mike Fontenot, of course. (laughs) When they asked me that question, I'm like, I can't not say Fonte. So that was awesome. Bottom of the, bottom of the inning comes around and it, Bodie gets a single to start it. So uh, spoiler alert, he's already my my player of the week because he got a hit while I was there. It wasn't a one, two, three inning. But the main goal, of course, as you heard at the top, was to tell the world that Yadi Molina is not a Hall of Famer. So the first chance I had to man- mention Randall Gritchick, I did. I found a way to sneak it in as opposed to looking like a jerk um, and just saying it outright into the microphone and have everyone hate me. And then, and then I was done. It was a really short inning. I didn't get to call anything cool besides a single, um, you know, it was, I was kind of glad though, that it was a short inning. If it was a long inning, I would probably just like zoned out <laughs> nervousness. So I'm like sweating, I'm shaking. And I just like walk down to sit back in the seats, which they gave us like home plate seats, which was awesome. So then I get a text from the producer. And I was like expecting like, Hey, good job. You killed it. This and that he goes, they want another interview with you. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so I went up to the section 20 and Taylor McGregor, the sideline girl continued to interview me. Well, while that's happening, um, Jan Gomes hits a home run. So I can't even hear myself talk cause the place is shaking. And then I turn around and I say like, Oh, the Sao Paulo slammer sent one out and then just continued with my spiel. <laughs> so yeah so i was like because i was i had nicknames for everybody ready to go or kind of ready to go for if they had home runs or not um like boat if it was Bodie, it would have been like the colorado crusher or something like he's from colorado so like or you know but then i looked at the lineup and i realized nobody was playing either so i had to like i was like what do i use for if alfonso (laughs) rivas hits one out 
No idea. I still don't know. So anyway, so then I sit back down and we just, I can't even focus on the rest of the game. My phone is blowing up like crazy. And um, yeah, it was just an insanely awesome experience. I'm glad I did it. Got a ton of crazy photos, videos. They wrote an article about me and I'm like, I don't deserve any of this. <laughs> I just emptied my bank account. That's all I did. I guess. And then that way you deserve it. Yeah, I guess I had the balls to empty my bank account for, <laughs> for 11 minutes. I think the funniest part was my sister was trying to get me to say how much I, I spent. She goes, what if I told you how much our wedding cost her, her and her husband? I said, well, your wedding didn't last 11 minutes. <laughs> so, so Hopefully not. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> I wish the service did, but uh, it did not. <laughs> um, but in any case, that was the experience. Um, if anybody has... X amount of dollars laying around. I highly recommend it if you have the chance. How did, so I, I, for play by play, did they, did they give you any guidelines for how you were supposed to handle that? Or was it pretty much just, here's the mic, just call it how you see fit. So we did a prep, me and JD to practice inning before the game started. Got and the pro and basically you're supposed to do the play and maybe say a comment about it and then stop talking. And then JD does the color, right? So, but when we were practicing, the score bug for the current game was up, but the replay of yesterday's game was up. So the wrong batter was up. So like, for example, CJ Crone was batting, but because I think McMahon was leading off, I was like, oh, McMahon hits one to right and uh, slicing towards the line and it's caught for an out. And and then I looked, I couldn't see the screen very well. And then JD goes to replay, goes, upon further review, he dropped the ball and it went into the stands. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so these guys think I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, and then um, they're like, that's fine. In my ear, they're like, it's fine. It's practice. I'm like, it's not fine. <laughs> like, Should've I have done to get... The the old uh, a Stantonian blast to left. Right oh yeah, it's a single. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking of all the things. I was thinking of like all the horrible things that could happen, and the practice run did not go well. So they were like kind of nervous. I think they were kind of nervous. Yeah. Um. But then I think the play by play that I did went without a hitch. There was no yep. time in which like I, I like fucked anything up. Um. I had things ready for specific counts. So I knew that Maddox at one point said the two, one pitch is the most important pitch of all, of all baseball. So I was like, all right, if we get a two, one, then I'll just ask JD that. Well, a, a yep. two, one happens and JD just starts talking. So I'm like, great. So now he's going to talk about something else and I'm just going to have to ignore what he said and just say what I wanted to say. <laughs> um, but uh, luckily the transition was good, but the main goal, again, was to say Yadi Malita is not a Hall of Famer on live television. And I had to get that away out of the way as soon as I possibly could. And the first pitch was a foul ball to the right side and Gritchick had to run for it. So I was like, this is the only chance I'm going to get. It was the only chance I ended up <laughs> did getting. And it was, was so Gritchick your target for that? Like he, he was. was the target? He was the target. So the night before the game, I looked up Randall Gritchick's stats I looked up Francisco Cervelli's stats because just from the eye Ooh. test, they always, they always do really well against the Cubs. They kill the Cubs. Um, um, and I think Cervelli's out of league right now or, or her or whatever. But anyway, so and then I couldn't find a third one because I always thought Ben Gamble did really well against the Cubs. Um, but he didn't. He just just the games that I've watched. Right. <laughs> so and I was also looking for guys who didn't have high batting averages 
unless they were against the Cubs. So I, I brought it to the group message and, and Brian uh, Franklin B Frank uh, threw it to Aquino and Aquino is the perfect example because 12 of his 40 home runs are against the Cubs, which is Jesus insanity. <laughs> yeah, so he bats like 201 and he bats like 290 against, against the Cubs. So uh, I remember he had like four in like a two game span against the Cubs at one point. So it was perfect. So I wanted to have a, a you know rule of three mm-hmm. bunch Yachty with a bunch of scrubs, really, and then just th- put them all together in a not Hall of Famer status. Kind of like when you're trying to uh, fleece somebody in a fantasy football trade and you just add a ton of guys so that the package looks a little bit better when, <laughs> when presented. <laughs> um, and then um, the, it was beautiful because they, as soon as they heard me talking about Grichik, the guys in the truck immediately panned to Grichik. So we're talking about him. They put him on. And then JD had a line ready for Grichik. He's like, oh, yeah, he was Harrison Bader before Harrison Bader was Harrison Bader. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, which was perfect. I was like, great. He completely missed the Yachty. It's not a Hall <laughs> of Famer line. No one had anything to say about it. And it was just like, and then we moved on and we finished the inning. And, and that was that. I just wanted to get out of there as soon as possible yep. after that. So mission accomplished. Gee, that's like it, stealing the Declaration of Independence. It was, you know, exactly like, or, you know, it felt like when Indiana Jones is stealing an idol and he has to place a rock yep. that's the exact same weight on there and then just get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> One other thing about that, which part was more fun, doing the play-by-play or the conference? Because I watched the broadcast, which I think was the, not the whole game, I watched the part you were on because that's all I cared about. It's the only marquee broadcast I've watched all year. What was more fun, the the top of the inning talking about the game or, or the bottom, whatever it was, the first half inning talking with them, kind of just, you know, shooting the breeze or the second half when you were doing play-by-play? Um, It all kind of blurred together, quite frankly, because I was, I, I want to say like, so the whole week, everyone's like, you're not nervous. I'm like, I'm not really nervous. And like how nervous I could have been, like, you know, there, there was only a limit to how nervous I could have been. Mm-hmm. And like, when I'm looking back at it, I was like, man, I should have been more nervous. <laughs> then like the third inning came and I was like, oh shit, like I'm nervous. Like, yep. so I wrote down like the first thing I was going to say to JD, like I was going to say, I, I opened up with saying like, Hey JD, is it too early to say, let's get some runs. I know it's only the fourth and we say that in the seventh or whatever. And then the second that got out, then I just went on autopilot. Yep. But before that, I was just answering their questions. What really threw me off was um, when they kept showing picture or v- a video of us in the booth. And I was looking at the screen and not the camera when they were showing us. So I couldn't like every time I saw myself, I saw myself looking. My eyes huh. were looking the wrong way. Right. I wasn't looking at the camera. I was looking at the screen yep. just to see how it looked. Um, but yeah, I so I would say like the the levels of confusion were equal at the top half and the bottom half of the inning, but I was on autopilot after I got the Molina line out basically. Um, Cause then all I had to do was just talk about what was in front of me. Yeah. That's easy or easy enough. Um, I was thinking too, you know, watching that I was, I was thinking about it. I'm like, if this were to be on the Sox, like, you know, broadcast, I think now it would be fine with Steve Stone and Benetti, but I can only imagine them getting some, someone up there with Hawk and that the person probably getting three words in the whole inning. Yeah, that's, that would be absolutely incredible though. Like I, so yeah, if you, let's, let's throw this back to you. Okay. If you were up there, what would be one line you would try to sneak in into a Sox broadcast? 
Well, I don't have a fun catchphrase like you. True, but there's got to be something like I. Oh. Would you try? You know, when you left the booth, would you have just said like, "All right, I'm gonna go check on him," and then just walk? <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, yeah something. You know what? I, yeah, I'm gonna go. Oh God, that's a good one. <laughs> a good one. I mean, if 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 Angel Angel Hernandez, Angel Hernandez was umpiring, I would try to throw in a, another blown call by Hernandez. Uh, or what are you doing, Wagner? But ugh, it'd be tough to get those in there with that. Those would be way too obvious. Right. The, that was the, thing the tough is, part. You were you were masterful with that. That was very well done. I had to like because if I just if the problem was when I first bid and won the auction, I was like, and you know what? The second I'm done, I'm just gonna lean into the mic and say, Yadi Molina is not a Hall of Famer, and I'm like. But if I did that, everyone around me looks like a jerk, yeah. right? Or or I one, I look like a jerk. And two, everyone around me is like, this dude just like made an ass of all of us. And then at the next inning, when I'm dragged out of the booth, because that's probably what would have happened, <laughs> they're going to have to go on live TV afterwards and say, actually, we think Yadi Molina should be a Hall of Famer. And that's the worst thing that could possibly yep. happen. So then the movement's yeah, dead the movement is completely dead when you have Cubs announcers <laughs> having to like give their hall of fame endorsements to Yadi Molina. I'm, um, I'm, I'm kind of having now like kind of wishing we could have seen a world where Marquis had to issue an apology on behalf of Yadi Molina because the, <laughs> the guy that they let bid on an appearance said he wasn't a hall of famer on a hot mic. Yeah. Right. Um, and also just in general, Beth Moens is like the coolest person on the planet. She was like, the, I mean, before we, I was like super nervous when, like when I walked in, but like they were all just chilling and she just like kept every commercial break, turn it around and be like, you know, she's like, you're ready. You, you got this. Like, you know, and she saw, I was like nervous. Right. Yeah. So she's, she's like, she goes, you know what, if you just kill it, I'm just going to let you stay for the whole game and this and that. And she was kidding, but like, yep. I would be, I'd be like, no, it's okay. Like, so then when it was like the, the top half of the inning, right. Um, and it was a really quick inning. And mm -hmm. then she said the perfect line to just get me eased up. Like America could wait no longer for Nick Anton. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, that was, that, one, that, was good. that was the coolest thing ever. She's, she's a rock star, dude. I just, I can't thank Marquis enough. I was, when I, when I won the auction, I was like, what the hell did I just do? Right. <laughs> and that wasn't even just checking the bank account. I'm like, what in the world have I just done? And then I dreaded it for a while. And then it was inevitable because the money was spent and I had told too many people game over. You might as well make the best of it, but it was the coolest experience of my life by far. Um, nothing's really going to top it unless I, you know, get a phone call from like, you know, anybody who wants a broadcaster or something like that. Yeah, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> The only other comments I have about it is I do think, it, I mean, I'm sure there was limited real estate on that graphic, but if you could have gotten a pitch to perfect game in the world with ball championship, that would have been a good one to get on there. Although, you know, as a co-podcaster, I appreciate you getting us on there. Last question I have, did you get to keep the jacket they gave you for the broadcast? I did keep get to keep Ooh, the jacket. And nice I have one, one comment about the graphic as well. I didn't know they were going to make a graphic. and then the Oh, you didn't know that. So Todd Benjaminson is the guy working in the truck who was in contact with me quite a bit. And he texted me um, the morning of saying, by the way, what are some fun facts about you, where you're from, where you went to school, your favorite cub and what you like to do for fun. So I had those, those first bunch of ones easily. Right. Yep. 
uh, and then what do I like to do for fun? So I put in there, I play wiffle ball. I put like, I love playing wiffle ball. I love singing karaoke, which I do. And I said, and I I love podcasting. So they had no idea about the podcast because the first meeting I had with them, they were like, no self-promotion. This is not any time. You know, they were really stern with me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One one guy was, right? I think he just wanted to set the tone and I completely get it, right? So then I walk into the truck at 10 a.m. and they have my picture on the graphic. They have went to, you know, one, they said went to Fenwick High School. I said, no, take that out. Put Illinois State University. (laughs) 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 And then um, favorite cub and everything. And the guy turns around and he just go, Todd turns around and he goes, what's the name of your podcast? We're putting that on there. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. So so then the Shulesco podcast went on there. So then uh they put host on there and they said should we put co-host so your so your co-host won't be bad i go no put host <laughs> so sorry <laughs> I'll, I'll take the hit there yeah so then um when i walked up with uh producers and and uh heather heather uh obering was the one doing the marketing she was there with me the whole time moving me around she was fantastic and she we were talking to JD and Beth and they were trying to get a feel for me. So they pulled up the graphic and that gave them things to talk about with me. Right. So immediately when the conversation, Oh, also on the graphic, I had alluded to not even alluded to told them that my, I'm related to the guy who brought the Billy goat to the game. So that was like a really big thing for them to talk about. And as soon as we were done with that, and I kind of accidentally took a shot at JD because he used to make fun of me for missing balls uh, as a ball boy. <laughs> and he almost like gave me a look like you dick, you know, like you, you made me look like a jerk. So then he immediately flipped it to, so you have a podcast. And I was like, glad you asked, you know? So then we, we plugged the pod. There you um, go. Yep. I, I was, so I also got a text from a buddy of mine and he said, try to get Rocky cherry on the broadcast somehow. And I was like, the only way, and I look back, I completely missed it. The only way I could has it have is if I talked about the LinkedIn player profile, but of course we don't do that anymore and we may not do it anytime soon. We might bring it back later uh, in later seasons, but that's where I would have put like, so if you ever wondering what, uh, you know, Rocky Cherry and Carmen Pignatello are up to, you'd find out at the LinkedIn player profile. (laughs) (laughs) You want to know what Carl Everett believes in these days? Like, (laughs) I don't think you want to know. Yeah, exactly. So that in sum is the experience. Um, and I guess as we continue to turn, we we probably want to wrap up the episode because we want to finish watching this here White Sox Guardians game. Does that sound like a good plan to you, Pat? Ask me in 20 minutes. I'll tell you if I have wanted <laughs> to watch it or not. Yeah. But yes, in a vacuum, yes. In a vacuum, absolutely. As so as this has all been. Yeah. So I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Obviously, we will have more, a lot more White Sox to talk about um next week when uh this when this sweep or or not sweep has occurred so i think one way or another good listening i guess yes um so i guess i'll end the episode with a question you have not heard yet and that i'm currently making up in my head on the spot but let's say you were in the booth pat Who, who would you most like to call a play for so player and what they would have done on the call. It could be a home run, a diving catch. And if you wanted to give us an example of said call, feel free as well. 
Okay. I mean, outside of the obvious of like a walk-off, but I doubt they would, or like a no hitter because I doubt they would let the person that bid on it call the bottom of the ninth inning <laughs> yes. uh, or the top. Outside of that, one thing I would have loved to have called would have been the like Yerman Mercedes, like 480 foot home run off of uh, Brad Keller last year. Just getting a Yerman home run would have been hysterical. Uh, I, I don't know why, but just being able to add my own spin to that would have been something fun. Uh, either that or, I mean, a fight would also be a good one, but I got to also imagine if there's a fight on the field, you know, last year, like when Karen Jack hit Jose Abreu in the head and the bench is cleared, like with Tony, like hobbling out there, that would have been a great one. But I got to imagine if that goes on, they are turning my mic off as soon as anybody's out of the the dugouts. Absolutely. It's another, it's also important to note, there is a button to push for if you have to cough, that meets your mic. So Ooh. I'm sure, so I'm sure um, Steve Stone would have like dove over the desk and hit your cough button. <laughs> no, you cannot let this. Ha- and here comes Tony, just complete hand over the mic. <laughs> okay. So do me this, please. I had the balls to go on live television and do some calls. Give me a call of either a Yerman home run or Tony oh. Tony leaving the dugout <laughs> to who oh. to to fight Terry Francona. I haven't I haven't had enough time to think about that. It's 10:30. It's a beautiful thing that it's on oh. the spot. It's live, live TV, live radio, live podcast. Wow, too shy for this. I don't like I don't like public speaking. All right, you started off with here comes Tony. That, that's all going? I got for right now. I I got to think these things through. Okay. Uh here here's what we'll do, Pat. Homework for next week yep, and a I te- like and a and a tease. Pat, you're going to give us a call of a play that did or did not happen, whatever you want to do, but I want to hear okay. a call as if it were live like I was doing practicing in my car for a month and a half. How's that sound? You know, that that works. Either I'll get a good one from this series against Cleveland or I'll probably have the season falling out of their the White Sox grasp. So we should have a good one there somewhere. All right, and if the if the Guardians end up sweeping, we're gonna have you call the the Naylor home run. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I, I that might kill me. <laughs> oh man. Uh, in any case, that concludes our episode of the Shoeless Goat Podcast. You can hear us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and San Chicago, um, wherever else you get your podcasts, I guess. And sometimes you can even see us on TV. Pat, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Hopefully, your White Sox get the sweep. Um, but in any case, as I get a nice thumbs up from Pat, that ends our episode. Uh, go Cubs, go White Sox, go MLB. And as you heard on live TV, Yadi Molina is not a Hall of Famer, and apparently neither is Grichik, Aquino, or Cervelli. Have a good week, everyone. Same.